This is GSAP Conversations from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dina Malandraos. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to GSAP Conversations. I'm Yuling from the MMARC program at Columbia GSAP. This week, we are listening to an excerpt from Professor Mabel Wilson's conversation with artist Turkwasi Dyson. They spoke on the occasion of the opening of 1919 Blackwater, now on view in the school's Arthur Ross Architecture Gallery. The exhibition includes new paintings, sculptures, and drawings that respond to the 100th anniversary of the Red Summer of 1919, a period of heightened racial violence across the United States. During the conversation, they explored the idea of black compositional thought and discussed systems of subjugation within architectural forms, a ways in which spatial composition is used as a tool for self-liberation. The transcript of the full conversation is published in the exhibition brochure, which you can also find on the GSAP website. We encourage you to visit the exhibition. It is on view until December the 14th at Arthur Ross Architecture Gallery. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Where should we start? Blackwater. 1919 Blackwater. Okay, so one of the conundrums around thinking about climate change, climate migration, water as geography and water as culture is that um, I understand a huge part of the Middle Passage, and this is Catherine McKendrick's work, right? Mm -hmm. A huge part of the Middle Passage where we understand water as sort of a geographic site. And thinking about architecture, if we are to understand water as a geographic site, then we understand um, the ships that were built eventually to enslave people and transport people as these kind of spatial architectures, right? And then how this sort of ship architecture evolved over the years within a kind of modern industrial condition to how specifically black bodies, mm -hmm. right? And so black compositional thought says that or thinks that within the hold, and that's Christina and um, Fred Moten. Oh, Fred, yeah. Both talk about this idea of, like, the you know, the hold of the ship and mm -hmm. where within architecture um, people plotted, made conversation, different tiers of the time, but thinking about that as a space for um, possible liberation and mm -hmm. possible self-actualizing. And in that kind of crazy architectural condition and crazy geographic condition of terror, you still center yourself as most important. You know, mm -hmm. you still center yourself even mm -hmm. though this trauma is going on. So black compositional thought says, okay, well, if this sort of spatial condition was this first of the architectural uh, condition of the becoming of blackness, how does that then fold uh, over into chattel slavery, U.S. chattel slavery, emancipation, and then reconstruction, and then till today? Mm -hmm. So black compositional thought is a term that I'm using towards idea of liberation and black people navigating through those spaces, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So where does the, the leg go? Where does the body go? How do you make through ways? I'll just read it. It's a working term that considers how paths, through ways, waterways, architecture, objects, and geographies are composed um, by black bodies. And then how additional properties of energy, space, scale, and sound, they all work together um, in networks of liberation. So there's a physical 
um, material space of composition, mm -hmm. and then there's the energetic space of composition, and how do they work together so that black people use those entities of, of um, towards um, liberation. Mm -hmm. So as a painter, I think about composition in terms of weight, form, mass, distance, to understand that black compositional thought as a functioning system. And if I use that as the basis of my idea, then I can say, oh, within climate change, we're going we're gonna to need to understand those histories to deploy a different kind of black compositional thought mm -hmm. within the condition of um, water levels increasing, um, land being continuously exhausted, um, within the force and forced migration around climate change and global warming mm -hmm. and um, migration that happens pre-hurricane, right? There's migration that happens before the hurricane mm -hmm. and migration that happens after the hurricanes. Mm -hmm. And depending on one's resources, that's a huge kind of condition of how you move. So that's what I'm thinking about mm -hmm. um, in my paintings as these sort of compositional studies of systems mm -hmm. that are informed by these both, you know, people, black people self uh, using architecture to self-liberate and space to self-liberate and how we understand that as a visual language mm -hmm. moving forward um, in conditions of climate change and global warming. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of just thinking about not always sort of representation as identity, but representation as function, representation as tool, representation mm -hmm. as a kind of um, new kind of visual thinking that has to do with, you know, agency around space mm -hmm. and people taking space to liberate themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what I'm thinking about in history. So I draw on um, Anthony Burns, I draw on Box Brown, I draw on Harriet Jacobs mm -hmm. as a way to point towards people who made space to mm -hmm. self-liberate and people who found space to self-liberate. Mm -hmm. Oh, and of course, Eugene Williams. Eugene Williams was a young man who died, the, the sort of person we're sort of basing the show around. Oh, he's the person who made the rock. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Him and his name. friends. Yeah. So for me, that I'm not representing the raft in the show, but I am yeah. representing what it means to be above and below a horizon line. What mm -hmm. does it mean to um, find um, interstitial spaces between spaces that have legalized se mm -hmm. um, segregation and then in between those segregated spaces build out, make out objects that you can be free and have some self-expression on. Mm -hmm. And the raft acted like that, right? They could mm -hmm. jump off of it, they could play around it, they yeah. had to tie it up, yeah. they had to uh, sustain it um, as a place to be kids and play, yeah. right? And that takes, um, I think, both a level, a register of engineering, a register mm -hmm. of you know, found materials, making objects. So in my imagination, I see it as a sculptural form. But I also see it as a space of brilliance of those young men finding materials, understanding the physics of, you know, wood, soaking, mm -hmm. water, playing, tying, force. So the show is really about their, I would say, black compositional thought mm -hmm. um, around that moment. Mm -hmm. And they were liberated. They went into the water. Time and time again. Yeah. In terms of um, extraction mm -hmm. and thinking about meaning, I'm really, I have a fidelity to building out these compositions that mm -hmm. come from those stories, but I think are definitely going to 
that I think we need to understand mm -hmm. about, um, you know, representation of systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could see how this, you know, and particularly like somebody like Box Brown, which is just such an amazing story. Mm -hmm. um, and Harriet Jacobs, who I've been fascinated with for years. Yeah. When I first read that, I was yeah. just like, wow. I mean, she just made that space. And then she had her gaze. And she was explaining this to someone yesterday. She was in it for 12 years. Is that how long she was? Supposedly eight years. So eight what's, years, okay. Yeah, so what's happening with that story is that some historians find it impossible. Some historians are trying to push back against, you know, the years and her own narrative. And I completely understand all of the sides, but I am interested in... Um, her burrowing a hole in the roof to try yeah. to hear her children and um, get light into the space. Mm -hmm. How she sat in that space from season to season to mm -hmm. season. And when winter came, she knew she would hear her children's voice mm -hmm. um, uh, much less than in the summer. So, you know, the things that stick in my head is that irregular triangle, mm -hmm. the hole in the floor, her body... Mm -hmm. um, and up and down, and I believe, you know, I, I, I believe black women, so it's um, both legend, truth, remarkable, you know, I, I dream about it. Yeah, yeah, no, I believe when she said eight years, she knew, I mean, her sense of time and what that meant. Because um, you wear the time on the Yeah, body. she's completely aware of the time, because that's what she's in mm -hmm. more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, and then the time ended up shaping her body. Yeah. Right, because the distortion, the time. So say sometimes you don't know which direction you're going on the ship, but we always kind of wear time on our bodies. Mm -hmm. So that's where the trapezoids come from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, do you know ship, what ship's curves are? In ship architecture? Yeah. Yes. It's interesting yes. that those were used, that basically used to model the, the aerodynamics of ships. Of what yes. they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering, do you, do you have a set of those at all? Yes. The reason why I have that ruler, that mm -hmm. that tool there, is because of um, Anthony Burns, mm -hmm. who hid in the hull of the ship. Now, when he had done it, he hid in cargo ships. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to figure out, um, I didn't know the history of the, using it as a sort of architectural It does tool. have an impact, yeah, in architecture, which is interesting. But yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about, if you're thinking about the architecture of the ship, that that tool actually does become a tool for building architecture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it's important because it allows you to cut the section to see relationships of inside and outside or mm -hmm. above and below, mm -hmm. um, which is really important. I mean, just thinking about sections, I've been obsessed with Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> because I, w I went to University of Virginia. So in my education, um, I mean, it was literally shoved down our throats. Jefferson was God. Jefferson was everywhere. Um, and so I've been thinking about the section with Jefferson because he so strategically uses it to disappear. Mm. Slaves. You know, he's, I mean, just incredibly clever. He's the architect. So he knows how to arrange space. So he can arrange a space that could envision his values of, of the wilderness, the pastoral landscape, um, the cultivated land that's yielding everything that's going to make Americans, specifically white Americans, thrive, but making sure he does not see those black bodies that he owns as wealth and that make his wealth. And he did. I mean, he did it in Monticello. I mean, it's a sectional relationship. 
he built all the dependencies below below the house, so you didn't see it. Um, where they recently, uh, my friend Naya Bates, you know, headed this thing up where they found where Sally Hemings was living, right below his bedroom. So I think the section for Jefferson becomes a really important tool mm-hmm. in a way, you know, just like the above and below of the hall. Mm-hmm. And he does this at UVA as well. You know, the it's designed so that there's the lawn and then there's this interstitial space, which are now ornamental gardens, which everybody thinks, oh, that's lovely. And then there are the outer ranges, mm-hmm. right, which also have rooms and buildings, hotels where the students ate. But actually that space in between, which is actually on a slope, those are work yards. That's where the smokehouse was, where people did laundry, where, um, and, you know, they have these beautiful, like, serpentine walls um, that I'm sure he used those to calculate or whatever he needed to do. So there's a kind of aesthetic of the brick, you know, that the slaves themselves, the enslaved children often made Mm -hmm. that hides, you know, Mm -hmm. the reality of what made that place possible, Mm -hmm. both in terms of wealth investment Mm -hmm. and labor. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's very clever at making people disappear. And I never thought about it before in relationship to the ship, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's exactly that condition of the hold. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just trying to unpack the paradox of how America was conceived on freedom, but solely dependent on slavery. And, and like, how does that play itself out in the built environment? Uh, and, it, and it does. I mean, it's, it's very clear. And, and I'm trying to understand that on many different registers, particularly the question of property and why property is so necessary for modern subjectivity. Mm. Um, so it's just, it's led to just all of these kind of thinkings around whiteness and, you know, and, and, you know, and thinking it through, you just like, you just wander, you know, like everyday stuff, you, you realize, oh yeah, it's this way because of, you know, this is how the world has been conceptualized. Mm-hmm. Um, property, blackness, yeah, and kind of what that produces as a kind of, you know, like the hold is an enclosure, but so is the plantation, and it just never stops, the prison, the red-lined map, the, mm-hmm. the Jim Crow law, mm-hmm. the slave code, um, the rape, I mean, it mm. just, it's all about just forms of in- constant theft and enclosure. And so the, I think the question of liberation is, is spot because how do you, if that is the system that is, shapes your everyday existence mm-hmm. continually, like, where is that? Like, how do you make those spaces, whether it's psychological or it's mm-hmm. physical, to be liberated from that? It's both. Yeah. That's the argument. So, like, I'm reading between my studio practice everything I can to find those stories. Yeah. And say, how did this happen within that spatial terror? Right? If everything, the architecture, the soil, right, the water, the yeah. food, the clothing... The travel is everything is built for degradation, subjugation, Mm -hmm. servitude, and invisibility. What does it take for one or two or masses to, in those conditions, to recenter oneself towards um, liberation, right? So there has to be, uh, for me, a hunt towards that, right? Uh, A kind of, and, and through, if I find one story and I follow that narrative, it opens up the system, yeah. right? It opens up how 
you understand that Box Brown, he did this when there was no mailing system. Yeah. Right? So he had to have a trust and imagination with his collaborators in the system that he didn't could, couldn't even predict. Yeah. Imagine the courage in that. And then to replay it over and over again. Yeah. To make a painting about the South and replay this self-liberation as a, a kind of self-sustaining mechanism as he moved around. Like, what does that mean to then retell the story of trauma, mm -hmm. you know, for, mm -hmm. towards um, liberation? This podcast was produced by Columbia GSAP. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.